The Boiled Sports Handsome Hour is sponsored by Martin Vintage. Visit martinvintage.com for an excellent selection of Purdue apparel. Enter Boiled at checkout for 15% off your entire order. And by AJ's on Vine Street in West Lafayette. For the best on-campus selection of burgers, comfort food, draft beers, and TVs to monitor all the action, visit AJ's. EatAJ's.com. And go. <laughs> go click. Welcome to the Boil Sports Handsome Hour. See, I've been trying to start at a niche right at the start of the recording so that there's no just just go. Just, we just, should just go for like 20 minutes. We you know what we have to do that we really have to string this one out because there's not much content. I hope you asked people for comments, questions, limericks, all of these things, because we're not gonna have enough content for an hour. Uh, yes. It's the Boil Sports Handsome Hour. It's Jay. It's, bo- it's not Boiler Down. He is How dare you? Sorry. Sydney. Let's start <laughs> How that again. How dare you? Uh Boiler Down is uh Gallivanting. Uh, out in Southern California. Um I can't say too much. He's filming he's finally gotten a he's got a project part in him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's really the, the origin story of uh Gold's gym. Um, <laughs> it was a it was a stocky young man who insisted on lifting weights and they kept telling him no. And finally they said, Okay, go over there by the sand and just just leave us alone. And the, that's how the MCU's gym's just taken over everything, isn't it? <laughs> It's an or it's the boiler dad origin story. Um, oh, we're off and running. Mohill uh, ninety three says they got to think Louisville's first call is Tom Allen. Um, boy, Louisville's Indiana first call would... for Louisville's first call for what? I'm sorry. I'm assuming <laughs> he means the basketball coach because the basketball oh. team is a shambles. Ooh, buddy, I actually did look that up recently. They lost their first three each by a point, and then they've gotten blown out of the water since then. They haven't gotten closer than like twenty points since then. So. Yeah, it's um, not great. Can't I say thought, I'm sad about it. I thought I'm... that everybody insisted that this Kenny Payne guy who's gonna who had brought all the CAA connections, everybody was gonna want to play with him. Uh it, what do we I thought it was gonna be no problem. Just anyway, gotta get his guys in there. Just gotta get his seems guys in like there. new system, new system, as they say. Um, so there's so much to talk about. We could talk about the Big Ten title game. That was exciting. That, that was, was for fun. a little bit. Uh, <laughs> for a little bit. Um. Yeah, and and there's not much else. Not nope. much else is going uh, on. I, Same coaching staff should, there's been the whole time. Should, Purdue should probably be ranked number one, but they're ranked number four, and we'll be okay with that for a while uh, before okay. we start we yelling. Know, but or... uh, Purdue basketball, Purdue basketball. Oh, basketball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. good. Uh, I don't think Matt Painter is going to Missouri. That's great. Um. <laughs> Something we've been worried about for about a decade. I think we're good. I think we're good. Call Jimmy Hyams to make sure that everything is going okay on the Tennessee front. I think Tennessee is doing okay. They don't need a new coach. So I'm not sure what what the the big fuss is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Today went, today was a little strange. Today was strange. And and I think the, 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 the coaching stuff, like last time there was that long Brom watch, right? Didn't it last? It felt like an eternity, but it was probably like a week. And it was probably a couple, I think four days four or so, four and, or five and days, I don't if think I remember. It, can, it can't really be that anymore because too much is happening, right? Early signing, 
early signing period has that. I mean, Louisville needs to have an answer, you know. Um, the portal on Purdue, like, yeah, the, the portal. portal. I mean, holy smokes, you look every time you open Twitter, there's another big name entering I mean, the, the transfer next, portal. The next six weeks are basically going to be like just people going, um, you know, scouting like calls, everything like that. And so, you need your coach either you need to know your coach is going to be there or you need to know you know who you're who you're hiring it's almost like a day one job it can't be anymore like um you know it, it like there 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 is a little bit of acclimation time um right. that is a little bit more relevant one way um for the for the louisville side or i guess it's less relevant for louisville because it seems like um you know, Jeff Brown's not going to have to, you know, if he takes the Louisville job, he's not going to have to learn the traditions or anything like that. Like, he's not going to have to attend orientation, I don't think. I don't know that you need to learn traditions. I'm not sure Dion knows a whole lot about Colorado's uh, glorious football. This tradition. one did uh, handle Jones, as always handled, makes me laugh. Handle Jones, uh, Dion is in the buff. Uh, it's just simple and straight to the point. It's tremendous. She's very good. She's very good. Excellent job. Did you did you watch the the film of him addressing his team, telling him to hop I in the did, portal? And I I don't I wonder how different that is from what coaches usually say. Now I think the weird part was probably the stuff that wasn't caught on camera, which was everybody in that room having to sign a waiver to be on camera. That's the weird part. Did they really? Yeah, because they're filming everything. Yeah, because that's what happened at um, a lot of Jackson programs State. Are filming everything. No, but not for a documentary or whatever, like a you know social oh, the media to be put out. Going to come out soon. About yeah, exactly. Or... So like, oh, man. I mean, and and Kent State's head coach Sean Lewis, who might be relevant in the <sighs> Purdue's upcoming week, uh, left his job to go be Dion's offensive coordinator. Um, I think you one might want to put Dylan's in... uh, comment up there. He says, "Oh no, did Dowd enter the portal?" <laughs> <laughs> He's. He's out in Southern California. You never know. He He's might exploring his options. Right. I mean, right. Uh, you know, uh, we know a, a prominent Pittsburgh wide receiver went to USC. So, you know, a lot of people from the Midwest are exploring their options in warmer climates, basically, which I don't blame them. You know, I don't blame them. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying something about other coaches leaving. So I don't know, but I heard I saw Mitch Daniels to Louisville. <laughs> it's, it's a question lots of people are asking, Todd. Uh, it, who knows? Who knows? Oh, looks like Bolo Dad is listening. He says he'll explore our options. All the options are open. He's gonna he's gonna watch the film. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna see. He's gonna talk to the coaches. Couple Zoom calls, and was, he's gonna figure it out. Um, so Kent State's head coach left uh, uh, as Jay Money uh, attends to uh, his his office mate. Um, Kansas uh, Kent State's head coach left to be. The offensive coordinator. Not that you're. Not that you were listening. Don't worry about it, Jay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I think um, uh, Willie Taggart is going to be on Dion's staff. I think Mike Zimmer is going to be for like formerly of the Vikings is going to be his defensive coordinator. If Dion knows anything. It's named. So like it, the coaching carousel is so strange. And in these times of strangeness, it is only stranger. Yeah, it, and. I think everybody's used to the fact that we always start off talking about something that has nothing to do with Purdue. But I fall down the rabbit hole of sports reference sites or oh, Wikipedia, yeah. and because I get curious about things. And, and and when the and when Dion went to Colorado, I just kept thinking, man, that is a weird fit. 
it is a bad program. One of my thoughts, I'd like to get it out on the public record here, is Dion is not a guy who does things without thinking about it, I don't think, and he knows how it will benefit him. And I wouldn't be totally shocked if Colorado is one of those teams that's going to be moving to another conference. I wouldn't be surprised by it. Let's just put it that way. Well, like, so I, you know, I was wondering that again, kind of fra- reframing it for us. I was wondering if Dion wished that he would have waited a couple mm-hmm. of days until Louisville opened, right? Because well, well, I don't think <laughs> about that, but I don't, I think, you know, Louisville, you know, a place like big Metro area, big NIL, um, you know, bucket, but you can't control the donors there. You can't control the athletic department right away, right? Um, unless you you're the Brown family, I suppose. I think Colorado is such just gonna a hand mess of an athletic program. And they're like, that, yeah, anything goes. And the fa- if he fails there, the failure is like, gonna be you know, well, I went, exactly. I went to the worst, I like I tried, I went, to, I took, I took an FCS pro. I took an HBCU from irrelevance to nationally relevant, pulling five stars. I went to the worst power five job, you know, that there was, which I think there is, I don't think it's even that arguable that historically this year's Colorado team may have been among the worst power five teams ever. Yes, so if he takes that, and goes to, I mean, the if he fails, the failure is so low that it's like I took, I took a, you know, a house on fire and it burned, right? But if he builds him to, fail. if he builds him to six, seven wins, if he builds him to mediocrity, like that's a success, and you can get Texas off of that if you're Dion, you know what I mean? Um, you know, it it then turns the light to people who are taking statue jobs. And the risk becomes a little bit more, um, but, you know, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> hey, we've talked about this. I think, gosh, you know, it's hard Just to... Just pull up our podcast from five years ago. I was going to say, four I, years I, ago. I, I don't know how much we've talked in the intervening time that was that was on the record like this, but I think it's fair to say that I felt for a while that if, if that job opened again, that we were going to mm-hmm. lose him. And I think... Mm-hmm. You for a long time made an argument that was based on like cogent analysis rather than on emotion. You said the Big Ten and the SEC is where coaches want to be, and that's true. More money than anywhere else. I mean, even the bad SEC or Big Ten jobs are better than almost any other conference job. Particularly, well, I shouldn't say particularly because Louisville is now ACC. But the one thing that Brom has proven, he doesn't care about this stuff. He cares a little, but I think he cares more about like he he. I unearthed a, I should have tweeted it. There was a inter, uh, uh, interview he did in one of his, like, you know, he was at some pl- some school or some place in, in Louisville, I think, uh, like a year ago or a little less than a year ago. And he was talking and people captured it and it got on the record. I think 40 wrote about it. And he admitted the stuff we all used to speculate that he didn't leave Purdue when he, when he had the chance. We all kind of pulled it together and said, well, this is the kind of guy who figures I've only been here a year. I got Rondell here. I haven't done what I was asked to do. So it's not the right time. He basically said all that. He said, Mm -hmm. they were good to me. I was only there a year. It was not the right time to consider this, this job. I mean, he said all the things you don't want to think about right now, because now he's been at Purdue six years. He took them from, as you've documented, the worst stretch in their history in six years to four bowls and the big 10 championship game. And, and that's not to that's not to say like all of the legitimate college football superstars that have come through um and inducted a quarterback into the cradle. I mean like and the most unlikely of the quarterbacks he coached into into the cradle. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and moments. I mean, like we've had like big college more than you could count. And again, if it happens, we'll do the whole retrospective and this and that. But <laughs> like, it's not um, the eulogy yet. Exactly. Um, he's still alive. Grandpa's still alive. Okay. Um, uh, and so you know you, but to your point whether he comes back or not next year is going to be a new chapter right it's going to yes. the aoc chapter is done right. the david bell a, george carlos rondell Moore trying to say is done either way next year we knew next year would be a different chapter of purdue football right. and you're hoping that it's chef brown that takes purdue kind of into like ushers purdue into that but the risky thing now is so i am still so again the entire time you have been on, you know, the next time it opens, it's going to be there. For me, it was a twofold argument. One was that Purdue is the anti-Louisville, right? Like it's a Big Ten job instead of an ACC job. And I think the ACC is the next most unstable conference. Really? You know, if the, because where, if the Big Ten expand, if the Big Ten or SEC expands, where's the next, where are the next like most um, like if you're ranking all of the valuable properties, where are all of the next ones? And they're all in the ACC. The next move is whenever Clemson decides to bolt for the SEC, whenever Clemson decides the checks are just too big and we want to stay in this, you know, the, the our tastes have gotten, you know, a little too rich, you know, but we've like, gotten a little too used to it. Um, well, let me ask you this, though. What about I feel like. I don't know if I'm using the right expression, but the worm is turning a little bit potentially here because do worms turn? Oh, that's what they say. I don't the know. The worms turn. People say worms turn. Interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know that expression. I don't. I, I actually haven't, but I'll defer to, uh, I'll, I'll defer to the wisdom on this one. <sighs> wisdom is a student is another word for old. Yeah, um, I wasn't where, where's handle handle will back me up. The worm turns. He'll back me up. Um, <laughs> And by the way, before I forget, I did say a good comment from Handel Jones in here. He said, so Purdue's football equivalent to the SEC is what? Mississippi State. We can talk about that more. Um, oh, I'd love to. I would love to handle this question. <laughs> I think that's love a fair comment. Let's, let's get back to that in just we'll one second because we'll I just want to make one quick point before I forget. You talk about the ACC being unstable. You talk about wanting to be in the Big Ten in the SEC. You talk about Clemson saying, hey, we got to just eventually go to the SEC and that being the domino. But doesn't TCU making the playoff doesn't Cincinnati making the playoff doesn't the fact that in two years the playoffs going to 12 teams which means getting to the playoff might be easier at Louisville than at Purdue I saw that argument made and I think it's actually got a lot of merit now that's if you care about that is that what you're coaching for to get to the playoff it brings a lot of money in so but that's also that's also assuming nothing else changes Right. It's assuming nothing changes, nothing realigns that none of the none of the contracts are exclusive to Big Ten and SEC. It assumes that there isn't a cap on like it assumes that the college football playoff doesn't take the turn of like soccer, like like FIFA, where like the World Cup, where there are a certain limited number of teams per continent that are allowed to get in. Right. It's like, we keep talking about super league. Where did the super league idea come from? Super league was a thing that major soccer programs tried to do. 
Like right. international right. soccer programs tried to break domestic football and combine into this. Why are How'd we calling go? it this? Why are we calling it the Super? Well, it's because the fans rejected it. And oh. if the fans do that here, they don't have that power. And so to me, it assumes, sure, so sure, the TCU argument, the Utah argument, the, um, you know, if if the playoff were expanded, like the team that you don't want to see is Utah, right? Like oh, the argument that all of these teams are going to be waiting with, you know, with bated breath assumes that nothing changes. Right. And to me, if anything, like, You've got to assume that everything is going to be topsy-turvy. You've got to assume that nothing that you're used to is on the table. And the only assumption that you can make is to thank your lucky stars that hundred, like 150 years ago or whatever, Purdue ended up being one of the Big Ten teams, founding Big Ten teams, right? right. And the Big Ten ended up being the one, the one of the last two standing, or at least the two biggest, you know, on the block right now. And that gulf... The, those hundred million dollar a year checks to the athletic department are going to start weighing against, especially for Louisville, the NIL money that they can pull in. Now, mm -hmm. the opposite side of that argument is that, well, if you're going to leave a power two program for a non power two, you've got to make sure that you've got a long leash and the you know fan support, and the booster support, and the athletic department support is behind you 100 percent. And you've got to make sure that they have one of the best NIL um, machines that exist out there to, to even start to bridge that gap. And that's where you start to get worried because Louisville crosses off both of Louisville and Brom cross off both of those, right? Everybody is going to be instantly behind him. Mm -hmm. The athletic department is going to give him eight years, no matter what. Right. Fans are going to give him eight years, no matter what he's not going to flame out. Like, I think it's pretty safe to say that he's not going to flame out like um, Scott Frost did at, you know, with his yeah. Nebraska homecoming, yeah. right? Like he's right. going to be more successful there. Um, I think the the kind of uh, pass happy versus smash mouth football is the pass happy football is going to do a lot better in the ACC. You know, there's no there are no big roadblocks like Michigan you know, that are really in the um, the ACC that can't be thrown over. So his, off, his style of offense is going to do better there. And, oh, yeah, Louisville just happens to be one of the programs that was paying players before, you know, <laughs> before you could, right? So it's safe to say that their NIL program is going to be a lot more developed. Um, and, you know, pair that with um, Brom, you know, like, you know, it. you say he doesn't care about these things. Like there are like that can go two ways, right? That can go in Purdue's way, which is like he's gonna see this rationally, he's gonna see this like the Big Ten, you you're gonna wanna be in a Big Ten or ACC or sorry, SEC program. Right. Um, you're gonna wanna be there when everything is changing. And then maybe once everything settles out, you see where Louisville is and then you go. Um, but then you can say it the other way. Like none of this matters. He he finished a chapter. He finished several chapters at Purdue. Finished them all successfully, and now it's time to go home, regardless of whatever that means for success or whatever. Um, and it just is—it's a lot more persuasive than I would like it to be. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's why Carmen and it's why Newbert are all not operating from their usual uh, positions, which is like. 
oh, you know, let's wait, let's see, let's gather information. It's why they're already coming out and saying like, yeah, we, we would be shocked if he stays. Um, you know, we're just, or I should say the way that they're phrasing this is we, we are assuming that they leave. Uh, or we're assuming that Brahms leaves and the position opens, right? Um, when it's smart guys like that, it's like, I, that's not the side of the, you know, the argument that you want to be on, right? So it's, it's not great. It's not looking great for us. Purdue fans. I mean, for those that didn't, for those that, I mean, I, I don't know how many people did see this, but Brian Newbert was asked directly this morning um, what his gut was if he was going. Actually, not this morning. I think it was after the press conference. Um, he posted and he said his gut is that he's leaving. And that's not great because that Brian great? rarely says that kind of thing without nope. knowing something. Um, but he could be just talking about gut, but when does he ever just put out a gut feeling that he doesn't have yeah. anything to back up? I mean, and maybe the stuff he has to back up is what you just described. Like that's home. It's the statue job. And, you know, we don't, we've talked over the, in the past, like I remember you saying five, six years ago, well, he can go to Louisville anytime. He might want to go elsewhere. He might want to go to a bigger drive. He might want to go to the NFL. I don't know if he wants to go to those things. And it's been another six years. And you're now at a point where he's old enough that you could say, I don't, I'm going to go home for six a to decade. 10 years of coaching yeah. and then be the AD or then be done. And then I, be I, done. You know, and, and, you know, the other side of the coin that I was saying, like, you know, the, the resources facilities, the power two versus non-power two, the other side of the coin is you would think that, I mean, at this point, Louisville is a lower job than Louisville football is a lower job than Purdue football is just because of the conference alignment. And so you'd think that the natural progression is up to the NFL or to Oklahoma or to, to one of those jobs. And then if that doesn't work out, Louisville will always be there. But to your point, like he's, he's in general, not that kind of guy, right? Like he, um, maybe at one point, but I, you know, after the way that the Matt rule thing went, I don't know if the NFL is going to come calling, um, you know, and Oklahoma is probably the one where if, you know, that's the one that you're holding out for. But what's, what are the odds? Exactly. What, like, what is further away? They... I think he really f- likes to be physically not far from Louisville. As silly as that may sound to people. I know you can fly somewhere anytime. He can drive down 65 to Louisville. Not, you know, when the car's not in the shop. Yeah. His car is in the shop. He can't go. He can't, he can't go. go anywhere. Was he going to take a golf cart down to Louisville? Come on. I gotta drive that thing all the way down there. That's um, what he's doing. Uh, I, I uh, there's a bunch of things in the side here that we should be paying attention to. Ken says it's a career going backwards if he goes. Uh, we've already kind of covered that. That's very true. In a like you just said, it's not as good of a job as being in a Big Ten program. But he's been there now. He's come to Purdue, which was was Purdue the worst job in the Big Ten when he came in? It was right at the time. I mean, like, per, yeah. At the moment, yeah. they were the worst football program. In the they they had the worst results in you know in in, in that. Time and Indiana frame. was on the upswing. Upswing, yeah. And Northwestern was steadily churning out ten wins every other well, every yeah. two. Northwestern was great. Right? The programs that had perennially been bad were not anymore. Even Illinois, who Daryl Hazel could beat, was still scraping together more wins than Purdue was, mm-hmm. and continues to knock on the door with Burt. So he took a program. And spent six years there. You know, it, it, I think a lot of us, you, a lot of you guys who are old, um, six years flies by. That's a long time. That's a long time. That's, that's. I mean, that's longer than either of the previous two coaches were there. It's the longest anybody's coached at Purdue since Joe Tiller. So, 
I'm not saying I'm ready for him to go. I'd like him to sign another, you know, extension and be there a good 10 years. Um, because now, now I want him to rebuild this, but I, what I want isn't always what I get. Um, what else do we got over here? There were a few things that you guys do, do, uh, oh, they were talking about the playoff and saying, I do Mark Garrity a little while back said, um, we're in the Big Ten, and if we have nine to ten wins, we could be ranked in the region. Of, I think he was referring to getting into the playoff once it's expanded. Yeah. I do love when people talk about nine to ten wins in the regular season, something that's literally happened one time ever. Um, but but I do agree that – so someone posted, and it might have been Fornelli or one of those people. They said they had two – they said if Purdue beat Michigan on Saturday night, and maybe it was if North Carolina beat Clemson. There were yeah, two North like, Carolina beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He well, said, yes. "Here's what the expanded it could look like," and he put Purdue at twelve. Now that's maybe Purdue beats Michigan. They're they're ranked if that happens. I don't know if they're twelve. No, but, but if you so the the point, point is being, the West winner could then be twelve. No, because oh, no, you'd win so the championship. Because you'd that's win the right. Big Ten. You'd win right. the Big Ten. You get the Thank auto you. bid again. You have to put on your basketball hat here. You win yes. the tournament. You get the auto bid, and you're in. And Purdue would be the worst one in there, so they'd be 12. But that would be awesome. But did you see what it meant? It meant they'd play Michigan again. Michigan again, which is Michigan. hilarious. And which is like, hilarious. Oh, oh, L. Yeah. I mean, I think they'd probably try to avoid that. But um, but, but that's the, the point. point. Like, but what, you could get there. You can get to the but, top 12 at Purdue. What are the – what Possible. the top 12 meaning like you got to – you got to – you know, uh, to make the playoff, right? Where are most of the playoff teams going to come from? It's going to be Big Ten and SEC programs. Um, that being said, like if the AC again, if nothing changes, sure, the ACC is in a strong position. I... The ACC is one SEC hissy fit away from not existing anymore. You know, you mean if the like, SEC decides to pluck a few of them or something. North the two most valuable brands on the board right now are North Carolina and Clemson. Right. Take them both. Both are natural doesn't SEC Duke, Doesn't Duke then want to go for basketball? But who knows? I guess they can who? go play football. They went eight and four again this year. I mean, Elko, they'd be better in yeah. Vanderbilt. They'd be better and, in Vanderbilt. And you get, um, you know, it's a valuable brand. You get so the. We got way off track off of Handel's question of is Purdue. Is Mississippi State the Purdue comp in the SEC? Someone else then commented, and maybe you'll find it, maybe not, but I'll just say it. One of them commented and said, Purdue is Kentucky. That's an interesting comp. I don't mind that one. I know. Um, we're not yet. No. Sorry. We're not yet? Is that what you said? Yeah. No. You know who Kentucky is? I'm sorry. Kentucky is who Kentucky's coach is trying to build them into, which is Iowa. They're always freaking there. They're just always consistent. That's who Kentucky is. That's a they're boring building. No, but to be fun, that's different. Fun and stable. Uh, so, who uh, is there an SEC program that's there? I don't know, but you know, Ole, Ole Kentucky's Miss, somewhat fun. Ole, Mississippi State and Ole Miss are fun. Mississippi State is fun now, because of because of weirdos' offense. Now, right now, they are. Yeah, right. and so same with right. Lane, right? I mean, Ole, Ole Miss is there. It's really tough because. You've got to find it where, you know, I mean, like the uh, Indiana recruiting is not as good as, right, as uh, Ohio or Michigan, right, in terms of football recruiting, like in terms of just the mm -hmm. geography. So you've got to, you know, think about that. Um, are we considering Mizzou an SEC team? No, really, right? But like, um, you know, because then there's the black and gold, there's the good offenses, there's the weird you know, um, I mean, the geographic fit is is different. The weird but, fit, yeah. But like, I, yeah. you know, it um, it you're you're looking at the weirdos of the conference. So yeah, Mississippi <laughs> State, I think, makes sense. 
the weirdos of the conference. I mean, Purdue's a founding member. They're not weirdos, man. We put a scare into everybody. That's what they're there for. It, it, it's stylistic weirdos, not necessarily like, you know, historical, <laughs> right? Uh, and it isn't getting any easier. So Wisconsin makes a great hire in Fickle. I think we all agreed that was a great hire. All of that, by the way, I w- if we take, if we have one takeaway from mm-hmm. all of this, it's that all of this is Wisconsin's fault because yes. they took Luke Fickle, they opened the Cincinnati job, and then Pandora's box was opened. And I don't think the Cincy fans, and I don't totally blame them. I, I mean, Fickle to Satterfield is not exactly uh, what you want. Offline, I have been bringing up this um, scenario that Satterfield leaves yes. rather than gets fired yeah, for you a while. Put this out publicly because you. I did in the last podcast before you came on. Not that you listened well, you did, to okay, the podcast anyway. Yeah, yeah, before you came on, no, I did. No, no, I don't listen. I know, I know. Um, but like you know, I put it out there. But I thought it was going to be West Virginia that did it, like West Virginia, because I didn't. I figured Cincinnati would open up sooner or later. But Cincinnati's a better job than West Virginia. And you would think that Cincinnati could pull one of these better options. But they it, it seems you like it's a better job than West Virginia. I think Cincinnati is a is a good if you're not going to be. I, I would rather be Cincinnati in the Big 12 than um, uh, than Virginia West Virginia. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, look at where you're recruiting to. Look at the athletic department. Look at the history of it. Like, you know. I would much rather be Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's a much better job. And so to me, like you could attract really good fun. You could probably have attracted someone like Tom Herman. Now my thoughts on Tom Herman are quite clear, but like you could attract a better candidate than Scott Satterfield, which is why I didn't think it would be Cincinnati that pulled him. Um, I thought it would be somewhere like West Virginia, but like it, the way that this ended makes a lot of sense to me or the way that, you know, the Louisville job opens makes a lot of sense to me. Anyway, this is all Wisconsin's fault, by the way. Wisconsin. Yeah, you were Wisconsin, saying it doesn't get any easier because Wisconsin, Wisconsin hired, and then rule at Nebraska. And then, and then Lincoln Riley's joining the big 10. Yeah. And so is Chip Kelly. Whee! This, is, this is, this is where I see the other part of this is like, this is where you go to play the best. Right. And, you know, I've heard lots of people saying this, you know, Osterman said this when he came you know, on the podcast was um, when you're recruiting people, it is really attractive to say you're going to play the big brands. You're going to play, you know, Michigan, you're going to play Ohio State. Um, it, so like you can really show them up for if you're Purdue, you can show like, you know, the spoiler makers, you can show the dragon slayers, you can show like, you know, Purdue beating all of these folks on big, um, you know, on big stages and superstars taking over. That's how you can recruit to it. But like, that's not, none of that, you know, we all bring that up, but none of that is what Brahm is going to make his decision on. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be whether he wants to go home, whether he yep. and his family want to go home. Like none yep. of it matters. We can talk about the, the, you know, like the, that's why when Louisville also had a press conference today and Louisville's athletic director said, I don't know if I'm going to hire a search firm. You know why? Cause he knows who his number one candidate is. <laughs> the, the, his, his agent lived down the street. If that falls yeah. through. Yeah. He's probably going to hire a search firm. Cause but he's going to have to go on back. Right. It cannot take long. Cause the agent's right down the street. Brom knows, like you said, Brom doesn't need to do any recon on Louisville. Right. Yeah. His family still lives there. He still owns a home there. 
he knows whether it's a job he would want. So it's really a matter of, yeah, the number's got to be right. I don't think he's going to take a, you know, many million dollar hit just to go there. I mean, I think they need to, you know, do right by him there. But I don't think it's going to be doubt they would do that. I think they would pay as much as they humanly could for him. So to me, this is like, for those of you, and, and we're included in this, uh, you know, kind of thinking about this a lot throughout the day. I don't think it's going to take more than a day or two. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't heard something definitive today because, you know, we ma- we make fun of him, but like Pat Forty is the you know is the most plugged in Louisville national writer, and that's basically what he said, right? Which was like within 24 hours we'll know. Um, and if it extends beyond that, then something strange is happening. But like by the end of tomorrow, like you know, I would I would be surprised if we didn't know one way or another. Um, you know, I am, um, oh, I am, uh, uh, still kind of, you know, if, if J money is on the side that he's, you know, he was always going to go for ever since the, um, you know, ever since the, the, um, uh, uh you know, the next time that he was going to be offered the job, I am still on the side that like logic, um, you know, is like that Purdue is a better job, but you know, it does not seem it does not seem great for us, um, and so yeah, it looks like Jay Money lost the chat here. I can still see Jay Money, but you still can still see, see me here. Yeah, me. I can still see the chat. Okay, um, I got a but, thing that said the yeah. So so I lost everybody's. This 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 saddens me because I'm really I'd much rather see what you all have to say than listen to a niche. You understand? Uh, uh, we we could do uh, this ooh, view, but uh, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. Oh, they'll actually be in the stream. That's not exactly. any dangerous. It's, 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 normally, it's right next to us. Yeah, it's true. That's yeah, true. Uh, um, is anything? Just I'm still not seeing anything. I think because my stupid. Oh yeah, no, there we go. See, so it'll it'll there come, we go. It'll come. Um, but um, yeah. you know, I I just don't I don't know I don't, I don't know and I don't feel great about it and um, it you shouldn't feel comfortable if you're a Purdue fan because this is you know everything is kind of working against you and you're really just hoping that Brom sees that this is the anti um, Louisville, right? It's a little bit more stable. It's a little bit, um, you know, the, the, you don't have to worry about the athletic department. It's less insane. The facilities or the, the infrastructure is just going to be like the gap between power two and non-power two is just going to get wider and wider and wider. There's no path for Louisville to, you know, to get there, I don't think that they're getting a SEC bid. I don't think they're getting a Big Ten bid. So there's no path for them to get there to make that up. But again, all of this is like, does it really matter? Like, it, it this isn't the argument that you're doing. Like, I doubt that Babinski is even making an argument. Like, Babinski is probably like, hey, like, it ain't your contract. You know what, you know what here we think you. of you. We yeah. know what you th- we think of you. you know We've we had six you. years to prove it. Like, right? And like, we have. And, and, we don't like you're exactly right. He doesn't, there's nothing he can do. It's not like he can say, We'll give you a raise. He can say that, but that's not what this is about. Um, and, and the other, the other part of this is, um, the you know, and I, I would also like to address this part again, not that it's gonna, not that it's gonna matter for the greater population, but like the Mitch Daniels leaving part also. Um, I think there is Mitch right now for athletics has been a great president. I think there is a lot of revisionist history happening as to how good of a president he was to athletics because his original 
first, his first three years, his original decision was that athletics was not getting a dime. He was anti it. And it again, to his credit, when he saw how far that backfired, how right. wrong of a decision that was, it was Babinski and it was the, the Berghoff, Berghoff. Yeah. The, and the board of trustees that was there to persuade him mm-hmm. to really invest, that it was really worth investing, that athletics is one of the major ways that you draw talent and you draw eyes to the program. It's one of the best ways to market the program. And it's the source of pride that brings every, you know, all people, all of uh, Purdue fans and alum together um, and kind of draws that money in and draws the alumni support in. Um, and so I don't think that Daniel's leaving. You know, I know that there's a story about, I mean, like, when, you know, Mitch Daniel's kind of closing Brom, you know, staying the last time. Um, that was kind of the closer that they brought in, which is great. And all of that right. is awesome. But I don't think that the commitment to, to like produce commitment to athletics changes with Daniels leaving because first of all, they're, they're picking Daniels kind of handpicked successor, somebody that I'm sure speaking of stepping stone jobs, like Meng Cheng is going to leave to be like the Cal systems, um, the UC systems president or Stanford's president after after like five, 10 years at Purdue, like he's going to MIT's president, like he's going to he's a rising star, by the way, 45 years old, like he is a he was a rising academic star. He was a rising star in engineering research. He's 45 years old and he's going to be the president of Purdue. Um and so really, it's just going to be like he's got people that Daniel's trusted. He got people that he knows, like between Berghoff and um, and Babinski, those are the people that you need to be, you know, that that mm-hmm. you need to be um, uh, you know, paying attention to. And to me, that stability is still there. So I don't think the Daniels thing really has that much of an impact. Again, I don't think that anything has that much of an impact. I think it's just like, does he want to go home? Yeah. Um, there have been some comments going by the side. Um, some people have talked about Brian Brom. Somebody said, so right now someone over there says, does Brian Brom maybe go to Louisville? I don't know if uh, Boiler Bugle oh. there means instead of him. Um, I, I would prefer that. Yeah, that would be my, <laughs> I think Brian would be a great candidate. And uh, someone else earlier said, do you think that he would stay at Purdue as a coach? I don't think so. I think if no. Jeff goes, Brian. No, absolutely yeah. not, guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you think? That was an earlier is? comment. We don't even have to. Um, yeah. um, what else do we have? You can ignore that one from Dowdy Dowd. Um, <laughs> Todd 16, Todd, you know, Todd, you're just being silly. He says, if Brom goes, Purdue should turn to Jeff Saturday. That's a great Hey, man, it's you've got to ask the Working question. Working so well. You got to go, hey, hey, Anish, he's got experience now. You've never had you, you will always remember that one week that he did really well <laughs> against great. the Raiders, wasn't it? Yeah, terrible. Um, <laughs> terrible. Jesus, what a what a joke. What, what a does joke South Haven Boiler there say? Uh, do you think someone asked Brahma about basketball? What does that say? Which one? Uh, because it disappeared now, I can't scroll back and see him. When he was trying to bothers him. No, I do not think. So the question is, do you think someone asking around with the basketball team during the press after winning the West press conference I bothers think that, him? No. I think, that, I think he loved it. He loved it. He genuinely – this is the thing we, we I think, talked about last week. He genuinely really likes Purdue basketball. We've seen him at Purdue games off of Purdue's campus. He – um, Same thing and, with and Painter, like he was, He's been at Shondell's games. Like he's been yes, at the volleyball games. He too. likes like this whole thing. 
And he likes the he likes supporting other programs. He knows how important that is. Shondell gets that. Painter gets that. You have a lot of good coaches right now in the system who who get it and who genuinely like each other's programs. They pay attention. They actually like them. So no, I don't think that's a negative. I think, you know, <laughs> if anything else, and I think Handel asked a question about paint having an impact. Um, I don't think Painter has much impact on him. I mean, he's one of the few people that Brom could probably talk to about this and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. But- but um, a lot of this, a lot of this is actions more than words, right? Like mm-hmm. you just see a guy that wants to be at Purdue that has that job until he doesn't want it anymore. I mean, that's Painter, right? Like you see, <laughs> you see an athletic, but that's what I mean is like Brom. You know, it, it it's actually Louisville as much as it is like an unknown or as much as it is a known quantity for him. He grew up at Louisville. He coached it. He played at Louisville. He coached at Louisville. Like he's Louisville royalty, it's actually kind of more of an unknown than Purdue because he knows that this is going to be his next 10 years if he wants it, right? Um, like he can look at Painter and just see, like, you know, that's it. So, um, you know, the the impact that Paint has on this is like he sees what this could be, he sees that it's a patient program, that there's not much media spotlight on this, there's not much booster, like, um, uh, you know, mutiny or anything like that. Like, you'll get as much time as you need because you've already proven yourself. Right. And that, and Greg said something, Greg McManus said something in there where he said, and basically based backing up what you just said, the Brahms love Purdue. They just might love Louisville more. That's it. That's, That's it. right. It's, this is not, and I think, I hope Purdue fans are, you know, semi-rational about this if this happens, but I don't think this is a repudiation of Purdue. I, I don't no. think that would ever be the case here. This is not Satterfield leaving Louisville. If this happens, this is a guy going home and nowhere else. I I, I mean, we've said this for the last couple of years, basically since he didn't leave the last time, because his name was not only mentioned for Louisville, his name was hot after that first season. Oh yeah. Right. And he didn't, to our knowledge, entertain many. I'm sure he took a, I'm sure his agent took a few calls. I believe we were pretty confident he heard from Tennessee. Tennessee was the one. Yeah. But that was after, that was after the search had already gone off the rails. Right. Right. I, I, I think, I think we're at a point where the only one he leaves for is Louisville and for, for personal reasons, for home reasons, that's it. That's it. So again, that is not a knock on Purdue. And one of the things I think Anish and I shared this story when we were at the, the dreadful Purdue Rutgers game at Rutgers 12 to 14, 14 to 12, just <laughs> tremendous. Um, beforehand, there was a Purdue tailgate like that we went to and Babinski was speaking and Berghoff was there and, uh, we decided because we're very charming, we just decided to go up and talk to Berghoff and really just to say, because this was, this was shortly after they had retained Brom, I believe. I think this was maybe a year or two. Um, and we just were like, Hey, we just wanted to say, we knew you were instrumental in that. And we appreciate that you did that. And, and he, and Berghoff said, look, I was tired of sucking. I was tired of us being bad. And, and, and we decided we wanted to do something about it. And he said, you know what? We did retain him, but even if we didn't, or even if he does leave eventually, he said, he said, we're going to, we're going to go after the right guy after that. And, and and it was just a great answer too, because it wasn't like, don't worry, we're going to hold on to him. It was, yeah, we're going to try to, but even if that doesn't work out, that's not going to be the end. We're going to find the next good guy. And and I think that's a great mentality to have. It's especially necessary right now in college football. Um, I mean, it's, it's what we didn't have six years ago, which was a foundation. I mean, how many mm-hmm. times did, you know, was I trying to bang that gavel, which is like, you know, the coach only matters but so much. But if it's built on, you know, nothing, 
like you can only be so successful. And the thing about like the thing that was so, um, you know, we're not Penn State, we're not Ohio State, we're not Michigan. We aspire to be where Wisconsin is, right? We aspire to be where Michigan State was, right? And that's attainable. I think that's absolutely mm-hmm. attainable for a program like Purdue. And what, you, and what you need to do that is not a Joe Tiller hire. Joe Tiller was after a series of spectacular failures at Purdue, and we just happened to roll the right dice, right? right? You just happened to roll oh, yeah. the right combination. And that paid another over, Morgan Burke budget hire. That papered over so many foundational holes that Purdue had, which we all knew, right? Um, meanwhile, is building non-revenue facilities, like non-revenue, um, you know, high-revenue athletic facilities and things like that, which is good, which is paying off now, which is great. But that's not the foundation of the football. That's not the foundation of what a Power 5 athletic, and, you know, now Power 2 athletic program can be. That answer, to your point, um, Jay Money, that Berghoff gave to us, that is the foundation, right? That mm-hmm. is using Brom as the tip of the spear. You know, and tip of the spear is only as good as the rest of the spear itself. If you just got the tip of a spear, you're you know, it's just poking you on the side. There's nothing, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's gone. It's a pinprick Getting and you're extremely done. Extremely literal with this. It's done. You're done. And so to you know, to me, like that was the the comforting part of this. Um, and that's you know, if we're if we're if we're looking for uh you know, if we're looking for silver linings in this instance, whereas last time I was, I was pretty confident that he was coming back. Um, it was a rational confidence, but, um, you know, we say that he was only here one year, two years or whatever before, you know, Louisville offered him the gig. You know why he stayed is because he, a Louisville guy, convinced another basically Louisville guy, superstar in Rondale Moore to come to Purdue. And he wasn't about mm-hmm. to abandon him. That was it. You know what I mean? And everything yeah. else was like window dressing and like reasons to stay and the salary and the, you know, the, the big 10 and competitions and all of this really like he recruited a superstar and he told him he was going to be there and he couldn't go back on his word. That's also what makes him real weird. That's also what makes him real different because, you know, Bobby Petrino, the guy that he learned from, wasn't going to do that. Um, you know, like you, you scroll through like Scott Satterfield isn't going to do that. Scroll like throw a dart and hit a college football coach, and they're not going to think like that. And that's what makes Brom different. And that's why this moment is a little dangerous because none mm-hmm. of the logic matters, right? So, so a couple yeah. people, there's a couple of quick comments that I saw in there. I just didn't want to forget um, to address. Um, I think it was uh, uh, Nolan. I forget Nolan Hostetler. Yeah. He had, two, he had a couple questions there. One was around whether Brahm is really the top candidate because he said it seems like the fans are a little divided. Look, Louisville fans, let me just address this one quick. They're a little nuts. I mean, that's that's a, that's a rabid, aggressive, angry fan base. I, I mean, I'm just going to say that's what they are. Everyone I've ever interacted with is, is really not very pleasant. And so if you're seeing some bitching, it's because they still feel jilted from a few years ago. But here's what I will push, uh, I will challenge you with. Do you see any other candidates' names being floated? Seriously, maybe, maybe, maybe here and there, but nobody repeatedly. That's the guy they want, whether those fans want him or not. They know he knows Louisville. They know he'll be there as long as maybe not forever, but he'll be there a long time. He's not going to sign up and then be poached in two years. That's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Um, and then the other thing, someone it might have been Nolan, but I, I've lost track now who said this. But someone made a great point. They said if it's going to happen, I want it to happen so Purdue can move on and not be stuck with 
yeah, whatever's available. That's a great point too. If, but here's what I'll say to try to make you feel better for those of you worried about that. You mentioned earlier that Babansi's probably not even making much of a pitch. He's probably simply saying, "Hey Jeff, you know what we think of you. We want you here, but please let us know sooner or later. You know, not sooner than later what you're going to do." Yeah, I am sure if they have an inkling, or even if they don't have an inkling, they have there's feelers out. They know who they would approach, oh. right? Oh, they yeah. have. They go to Kleiman's agent. They go to whoever's agent they would talk to, and they say, "Hey, there's a chance this guy's going to bolt. We really like your guy. You know, just want you to know that, so that mm-hmm. if this happens, we can do this quickly." They all get how it works. So, yeah, I would tell you that there's no doubt that I have. I have faith, is what I will say. You can't say no doubt, but I will. I'll tell you, I have faith that Babinski. Is, is doing the right things behind the scenes. Well, I guess we got to put up this this guy's comment because it's a it's a it's a good point. Oh, it's a, this guy. Spoiler Dad says, in the words of a friend of mine, Louisville's fan base is a mess, but it might be Brahms' mess. Kind of like knowing your family's issues. That's it. I yeah. mean, that's it, right? Like who ever somebody Scott Satterfield, a good coach, like he is a good coach that probably would have done fine if Jeff Brom didn't exist at Louisville, right? If he didn't have to hear Jeff <laughs> Brom's name over and over and over. Oh he didn't do that badly. And, and he was about to bring in Louisville's best ever recruiting class. He was weeks away from inking Louisville's best ever recruiting I mean, class. you called it. I don't blame and, him for saying, you know what, fuck this. Like, and he, and he left because Louisville is a mess and Brom is attracted to it. Dowd's point because it's his mess. He knows it. He grew up in it. It's like Bane in the darkness. It's like you merely adopted the darkness. This is my darkness. What do you think? You think I can't handle this? Uh, and so, you know, it, it, um, it's just if he wants to go. That's it. Um, and oh. to that point, it's like, oh, 100% Babinski has already put out feelers and, you know, knows who the shortlist is. And he, Boiler Bugle has a comment I feel like you should address. He said he's late to the party. Did we talk about Carmen leaving Journal and Courier? Man, shout out to Carmen. Shout out to our guy, Carmen, taking the buyout, taking my way out. Just take the money and go. <laughs> Leave, man. Leave Gannett. What a sinking ship that so many people are tethered to because it's journalism is a good service to do. <laughs> and Gannett is vultures. What a terrible business model there they have. Um, What's bad, though, is there's no beat writer. There's no beat right. That, that's, you know, hey, Zach, hey, Zach Osterman, you, you don't go cover a Brom press conference you while you're cover, covering Purdue yeah. IU basketball. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to cover a winning program? Hey, yo. Yeah. Um, Carmen to Boiled Sports, Kevin Spry says, Yeah, I thought about that, Kevin. Um, we thought about making him an offer, but, I, you know, he probably. You know, he he already his... took a buyout, so you never know. He could come cheap, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. He's got his bills paid. And so, yeah. Carmen know, was very good. He was he's good to have around. Shout out Carmen. Um, and I hope he ends up at a Purdue. I hope he ends up somewhere where he can still write about Purdue. But um, yeah. It'd be super nice to have, have a have a journalist who's not somewhat attached to the university covering this whole story. Oh, Everything yeah. just went dark. The Twitter feed stopped updating. <laughs> nothing was posted on Golden Black. Like, just, just, there's nothing to say. Just keep us all in the dark. That's the way to calm everybody down. Um, and that's the thing. And like, there's that, three, you know, they reported a three o'clock meeting today and then did not follow up on what that Nothing. was about, which was, again, you know, fine. But also like, man, is that a way to just put like, <sighs> you know, have Purdue's fans imaginations, uh, you know, go wild. 
Boiler Max said that you guys are going to talk coaching candidates, and he's not the first one in this. I don't like. I don't like him. I don't like to do that kind of thing. I, I don't. I don't. There is no opening. There's no opening. Yeah, to what opening? Candidates for the volleyball coach is doing really well. The basketball coach is doing really well, and the football coach just won a title. So what are we talking about here? <laughs> he won a title. We didn't even talk about the game. I guess there's no need to, except to say that uh, they Chuck fought, Sizzle, man. who apparently isn't one of the best receivers. Um, has the Big Ten championship game uh, records, I believe, for, for yards, yards and receptions. Is it yeah. the recept? Did he get receptions? I thought it was both. Too? I thought it that's was awesome. Both. That's um, awesome. Yeah, he was great. And he, he, and he great. didn't make kind of Big Ten receiver of the year for Marvin Harrison, despite outgaining him in every category. Um, again, Marvin Harrison Jr., excellent receiver. We're not saying that, but it's like look at look at Chuck's lines, and uh, you know he was he was the one. So, um, oh Jesus, their fight in that first half was like awesome. Oh, it was so good. And that's the thing is like, Oh, now we're backing our way into like consolation prizes and happy to be there things. And it's like Michigan is Michigan is the only team in the country that can stand up to Georgia. Michigan's awesome. Like, let's not pretend that Michigan was there by accident. Barone's team didn't play like they were happy to be there. They played, they played hard. They played to win. They did. I, I don't think for that, for, for a half, at least a half, maybe longer, but definitely longer. You you can't ask the defense, that Purdue defense from this year, to do much more than they did. Mm-hmm. And it's 14-13 at the half. I would say, so Purdue had a touchdown and five field goals. So if and Toward you, the end of the game, those field goals were a little bit maddening, but like, take, you take know, it is what it is. Two or three of those, and, and a couple of them you can agree should have been touchdowns. And Purdue got yeah. down to like the 10 and then took like a penalty. Oh, yeah. Like, like, let's say three of them are touchdowns. That's 12 more points. Now, you're not winning, but again, changes the complexion of the game considerably yeah. mm-hmm. if those are touchdowns and not field goals. Purdue very easily could have had a lead at halftime. Um, so I was very proud. Of I think should have had a lead at halftime. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. should have. Now, I, they, didn't, would... they didn't do the thing that they've been doing all year, which is letting that last, like, just before half demoralizing touchdown um, in. But, like, so... They should have had it. Um, they had the ball inside the res or inside the thirty, like but six did times. You see the, I mean, so so Joe Wensley says Purdue has many scoring drives as Michigan. Purdue, yeah, that's true. They had they had what six scoring drives. They were in the red zone, I think, six times. And not only that, they had more first downs in Michigan. They had more time of possession. Like th- that's actually again, that's not how the game is counted. I realize, but you know. They did not play like they were just happy to be there. They played hard. They played a few more, you know, the talent gap is there. I mean, that's what happens, right? Like you said, that's a really good team. Well, and, and it's the, you know, it's, it the it's the stylistic gap because strangely enough, this year's Ohio State team kind of plays closer to the USC Purdue style of things, right? And they got their clocks cleaned. You know, every Michigan fan that I just happened to follow was like, wow, Purdue put up more of a fight than Ohio state did. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's, it's similar styles. And if styles make fights, Purdue put up a better fight with the same style. And that's something you can, you know, when we're talking about Ohio state, a team in the playoff, the number three team in the country, like these are building blocks that you can, that you can work with. Right. Um, yeah, maybe this year would have been the one year where the BCS would have been better than the playoff, than a four-team playoff, I should say. But uh, because we we know the two teams that should be, there, I, but you know the BCS was, sucked. Let's not let's BCS not sucked. 
let's not reverse this like the BCS bet. This is going to sound so weird. I'm happy that Ohio State is in because it makes people angry. Because I have no horse in this. Who cares? So, right. So the fact that it pisses people off. And you got Tennessee fans out here being like, why was Alabama ahead of it? You know what I loved seeing the whole week? Was Saban grovel Tennessee? Well, Tennessee beat Alabama. Why is Tennessee behind Alabama? And I felt compelled to actually point out to a few people that Tennessee gave up sixty-three points to South Carolina. How do you? How do you? I love the I love the arguments people make, and they only focus on the couple of things that they think support their argument, which I realize is how everyone argues about everything. But so the internet. Let me introduce you to the my internet. Gosh, my gosh, is that hilarious? <laughs> like, like you're just going to overlook that South Carolina just destroyed you and put up 63 points and say, wow, but we beat Alabama on a last second field goal at home. And then we tore down the goalposts and tried to make the fans pay for it. I am fine to doubt's point here. A 16 playoff. I like 12. Like let's make the conference titles a part of this. Like the conference title games a part of this. Always wanted expansion. And I, maybe I'm becoming an old man, but in the last couple of years, I have come down, come away from that because there has not been a good four-team playoff yet. The secret is not putting more teams in. But it, you're not trying to get you're, – tr- you're trying to extend the fun, right? You're not trying to – because the, the other alternative we have is more meaningless bowls. Bowls are bad. I'm sorry. Like, bowls right now – Bowls are bowls are bad. They are the alternative. They are entirely meaningless for people that can leave. They like if you can, if you can leave, you and you know there's you know there's uh, you know no upside for you playing the game. Do not play the game. It's almost like a spring scrimmage. It's closer to a spring scrimmage than it is a postseason like we were used to, which is mm. why expand it so that more people can play more real games. And then we come off the, you know, the small fine print of like, Hey, if you want players to play in them, why don't we pay them a fraction of what the, of the coaches payout. get paid yeah. to sure. make a bowl game? Not sure. even the bowl payout, right? Because you know, how many millions of dollars did Jim Harbaugh make you know, winning against Ohio State, winning the Big Ten championship, and making the playoff, right? I think you won. You got two million dollars just based on, just based on that. So it's like, yeah, I think the I think the argument that uh, bonuses no, for you, participation is you know that's a different argument though. Making the bowl season more meaningful is a valid argument. However, I have come around on the idea that uh, it does water down the meaningfulness of the regular season because Ohio state, Michigan, I was just going to make a point. Ohio state, Michigan becomes less of a knockout game, but it turns out it wasn't a knockout game anyway, because it's not Ohio a knockout state game and, anyway. Yeah. Well, exactly. that's I mean, because it would have been if USC had won. So, but the other parts of this is it, if, if, and when big 10 divisions go away, you one plays versus two for the big 10 title, make that by the a way, playoff game. That's yes. what I'm well, saying. Well, right? Handel's just raised this, and and this is de- – if you expand it to 12, don't we need to get rid of conference championship games? Potential college football champions may play 15 to 16 games a season. Now, yeah, I mean, right now they're playing 15, aren't they? They're playing 12, 13. Yeah, they're playing 15 right now. Right now. So, so I mean, it's not that different, which is how they've justified it. Absolutely, you should get rid of conference championships, except that – they're going to now make the conference championships matter, which if you're going to have conference championship games, see, there are people out there saying, let's say Purdue had won. They don't belong in there. Hey, if your conference has decided. You play to win the game. Well, but, 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 but it's the same. You made the point earlier. It's just like the NCAA tournament. 
if the worst team in your conference, and it happens, especially in the smaller conferences, wins the conference tournament, they get you the bid. Get now, in, that is boy. very imperfect, but many people feel the imperfection of that is what makes it beautiful. You've earned it. You're playing well at the time. We talk about that all the time, the team you don't want to play, the team that's hot at the moment. It happens in other professionals, in professional sports, where it's the team that's hot and gets in. Baseball, all the time, a team that gets hot. Mm-hmm. The Phillies make the World Series. So, so if you don't like that, if you don't like that, and you think it should be based on who dominated all year, they should get in because they dominated all year. Then you're more of a fan of like the Premier League model, where it's like, well, you're where it's like regular season is what matters. You're the champ, and then okay? let's just do regular season and do it yeah, that way, yeah. and do away with the big the, the title games. Save everybody that game of wear and tear. Give everyone another week off, and then start the the playoff. I'd be completely fine with it. And you know why else? I said this on Twitter. I. Is even though you can argue Purdue was not the, the the right matchup, they won their division. Okay, you got divisions. This is what divisions mean. What I hate is these big like at TCU lost to the second place team in their Big Ten 12 championship game. They won the Big 12 and then yep. had to play a team they'd already played and beaten and lost to them. It's the point. That's stupid. That, it's the point that you're making, which is in it, basketball, the tournament, even when it was 64, is big enough to take in both the regular season champion and the contingency, just in case you know Kemba Walker goes off and UConn wins the um, you know the uh, Big right. East tournament, right? And so, um, like with the college football playoff, it's sacrificed. So like you're you're cutting off a pretty good team for that, but that pretty good team is 12th. And if that's oh, the team that gets cut off, sorry, you know what I mean exactly. Like Absolutely. it's not like Alabama. I'd be fine be with Georgia, it. right? Boiler Dad's, you know, six is what I advocated. If you tr- search the BS archives, I advocated six is for better six than four many oh years my ago. Gosh. Four because is, you do you do two teams get a buy, and then you have the other four play. You make one oh, and two still super valuable, super valuable. Then the other ones have to play to get you down to four. Boom, we're done. Nobody can argue if they are. If they're if they're eighth or seventh or whatever, like you can argue all you want, but you weren't in the top. It doesn't matter. Um, there's always going to be somebody, and this is what they've said about the tournament. They've talked about expanding the the NCAA tournament to 96 or 128. Then if you do that, the 97th team is going to be like, how are we left out? That's rude. How dare you? Uh, yeah. We got the chat bot. So what happens when the when the uh, you know when the thing here? Where is it? Yeah, bullet sports after dark was right here. We try. I try to filter those out, and then the chat completely goes away. So it's not great. So we have to let them in, is what you're saying? We have to let them in. All of them. We have to let all of them. In. Oh, Boiler Max brings up scrapping pretty New Year's, but I'm not even reading your comment, Boiler Max. You're just making me. Thank you for making me think of the other stupid thing I want to rant about. Another thing that grinds my gears is having. <laughs> The playoff games at 8 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Now, New Year's Eve, let me be clear, is a stupid holiday that you sh- that that there's no point. In- it's just another night. Okay, the calendar changes. It's absurd that you're going out and partying. When you're 21, 25, fine. Have a great time. Those of you who are more like me, you understand that there's nothing better than just kind of relaxing on New Year's Eve. So maybe the argument is there to... To, yeah. to play an important game that night. But somebody's always having people over or we could have a few drinks and we should do okay. this. And let's then you try to watch not, playoff football. Like let's not let's not even get on day. let's not even get on from the watcher. From the TV people's point of view, when do you think more people will tune into your game? On the 30th? 
when like or hey the they probably just when they probably just flew into wherever they're celebrating new year's or like people are kind of gathering together they're going to be in bars it's kind of the night before the night so there's that kind of magic that's there you're hanging out with friends or everybody or you're just like You've got it's just another day and you've got the game on. Or the first when you're hungover, when it's just days before the first work, is a it's great just day like Sunday. For big college football games. What are we like what Bozo College or uh cable uh executive I, decided that it was gonna be on the on the 31st? That's the worst day to have them. It's the worst. And I thought when they first did it, and it got terrible ratings the first year they did it. I That's thought stupid. but I thought they immediately said they were gonna fix that and either because the next one isn't until like the 10th or 11th every year. I know, so if just, only there was only some kind of governing body of college athletics that yeah, could handle could. such things. But we don't have one, and so we have to live with the consequences. <sighs> awful. Just awful. Mark Garrity said he didn't realize I was anti-New Year's Eve. Yeah, there's a lot you don't know about me, Mark. That's all That's all I have to say. I and New Year's Eve is the dumbest holiday. It's the dumbest because also everyone's like, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Nothing. I'm going to have no pants on and I'm going to be drinking <laughs> ideally in my basement or the, my favorite New Year's Eve's have been sitting on a couch with my wife making fun of the celebrities that that debase themselves to be on these New Year's Eve shows um, and then going to sleep. That's that's a, that's a good New Year's Eve. <laughs> I've skipped over some things, that, but oh, oh, the Boiled Sports Bowl, Dylan suggested. Don't think I haven't thought about it, Dylan. It seems like anybody can get a bowl game. So um that's right cheez its has multiple because of the citrus bowl that purdue is playing in which we still have an hour and four minutes into this we haven't even mentioned the citrus bowl once we got we got like three months the and we're gonna bowl have game is See, that's closer the to the spring game i think than it was to the penn state game which is also that. why i don't blame any if everybody i'm you know on twitter we had these questions about players opting out and stuff like that you know, here are two easy two easy ways to get fewer players to opt out of bowl games make it the week after or pay them like, like next like, weekend make it next weekend what are we doing what are we doing next weekend I, I agree. watching the colts or the giants i agree no, you could have neither. your playoff games you could have your bowl games the next week or two and then you could have your playoffs like leading into Christmas, and then you're not competing because they're actually competing with the end of the NFL and the beginning of the NFL playoffs. And and I Good said luck. this before, as much as I love college football, by the time we get to January 11th or whatever it is, I'm like, football's been over. It's over. Like, like I, I just we went to a game on, what, September 2nd? Yeah. I, I just – why do you – you have this great regular season where every Saturday is so much fun – and then you just fizzle it out with this like ending smother now, it to and death. then just just smother it to death. Weeks. Yeah, right. it doesn't make any sense. So the bowl games that don't matter, that aren't that are outside of the playoff, either stagger them in terms of kind of um, importance. So like Citrus Bowl, which by the way is a real accomplishment. It's the best bowl outside of New Year's Six. Like again, put that in a you know another feather in Jeff Brom's cap that he got Purdue to. Um, you know, that would be on like one of the last meaningless bowl weekends, maybe the first playoff weekend, right? It, it's the noon opener to that first playoff weekend, but everything kind of building up to that, your Saturdays are still full because you're playing again, you're packing Saturdays full on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays niche. full of those other bowl games. How about those non and paying bowl. the players to do to play in them? How about those non uh, education and a goodie bag is their payment, Anish? <laughs> 
Um, Pat on the why back. not? I got an idea. You were just saying it's one of the it's one of the better non playoff bowl games. How about an NIT for all the other bowl games? Everybody oh, who doesn't make the playoff bang. plays a mini a mini tournament. Boom. Mini tournament. NIT. Boom. You, you think we're not watching? You think you think we're not betting on the FCS playoffs <laughs> when all of this thing happens? Yes, of course we're gonna bet on the, of course we're gonna watch the tournament. You put any bracket you've got in front of us, NIT idiot bracket. Americans. You've oh, got gosh. an IT listen, listen, you've got an IT bracket where Purdue's in, LSU's in, right? Oh, yeah. And then you put the FCS champ in there. Free ideas for everybody. Free ideas for you. See, this is also it, North Dakota State is laying waste to Brian Kelly or something. Oh, my oh gracious! Geez. Feed me. <laughs> that the risk there is that it's suddenly more it's interesting the other way. than the actual playoff. Well, but that's uh, but that's ratings. Suddenly, the bowls are great. Yeah, bowl games are bad. Do not. I think that everybody's like, well, the, what? It, why are these players like not opting in? You know why they're opting out of these bowls? Because they suck. They're bad and they're terrible. They're good vacation opportunities for us, and they're basically glorified spring games, like because we're treating them that they like they used to be treated 15, 20 years ago. Like the NCAA and everybody, college football has to modernize and real like change the schedule, change the calendar, adapt it to you know tournaments and fun ideas like this. The NBA has a play-in tournament now. I mean, like, like adapt or die, right? And bowl games are where you go to die. Like that's it. So you got to make it more fun, um, and you got to pay oh. the players to play in them. Uh, we have a comment you must put up on the board, South Haven Boiler. Of course. I knew. I knew that the minute you start stroking Jay Money's ego, he's going to ask you to put – I'm starting to think Jay Money is the brains of this operation. Great ideas. You should have seen him struggle to record Boiler Down, the least tech savvy uh, uh, of of the three of us, a quick cast. And he did so successfully. It was a good quick cast. You should, uh, you should subscribe to it on it YouTube. Recap. with the. A- with, With the wrong microphone. <laughs> oh, whatever. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> Could they hear me? That's all that matters. Uh, you should subscribe to our YouTube and rate us and whatever. Who cares? And and at an hour and nine minutes in, uh, thank you to our sponsors. Who are our sponsors, Jay Money? Martin Vintage. Uh, great. It's Christmas time. It's holiday season. It's December. Get them in. You will get stuff for your favorite boiler there. And even, you know what? Even if you don't, even if they don't like Purdue, get them a Martin Vintage shirt. They won't be able to deny how comfortable it is. Um, Jay Money and, and Boiler Dowd have young ones. And if you want the easiest way, if you're buying a gift for one of the young people in your life that you love and you want to poison them with what it is that we have been poisoned with, the easiest way to do so is with a very soft Martin Vintage uh, sweatshirt or uh, they sell, do they sell pants now? No, it's the long sleeves. They just have the long sleeves. Just it's your kind of place. Vintage. No pants, just comfortable shirts. That's right. It's... That's right. <laughs> That's the tagline. I have it tattooed on my back. Yeah. <laughs> pants optional. Enter <laughs> boiled at checkout for 15% off. Um, and then our, our other friends are at, at AJ's on Vine Street in West Lafayette. Oh. Uh, man, man. Imagine Comfort you're going food. to see a game at oh. Mackey Arena. Where would you go? Where for would you go to eat? You go to you go to AJ's. Oh, hell Burger, yeah. You get a bite. Yeah. You watch some games beforehand. I'm sure Family Feud will be on one channel because they got a million TVs. 
the game show network will be on. Just like when great. you were at the Purdue game on the uh, patio and they had on uh, Law and Order. Law and Order. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. Um, I got a well, call Jeff today. Brown, Jeff Brown can leave for Louisville, but only big time programs have Law and Order on the TVs. And that patio, man. I I am ready to I, I would like to be there to press the dynamite thing down, <laughs> the plunger. That man, that is I know that's not what they're doing, everyone. So don't I don't correct me. I know they're not blowing it up. Um, but man, that was an underwhelming and then you walk down in front of all the fans in the visitor section and have to go excuse down me, a little pardon me, steps excuse and me, across sorry. a little thing and then up steps and then you have to show somebody a ticket who doesn't really care if you have it or not, and then you go in and oh, there's more beer tents. And you can't see the game, and you can't see the scoreboard. It's really a nice setup, I have to say. Morgantown was as underwhelming. It was appropriate for the, what we called it, Morgantown. That's right. Rest in peace. Um, we've been getting a lot of pressure to talk about candidates, but I think we're going to hold off on that, not just to mess we've with you guys, time. but also because – Man, we've got yeah. – we're going to have a podcast if we're Jeff Brown leaves for content, Purdue. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about Purdue basketball, but that's because that belongs more on the basketball beat, which will be coming back uh, twice a week, twice a week for four months. Uh, and yeah, right. Michael will get on and talk about Purdue basketball. Um, if only the Purdue basketball program was worthy of talking about. I mean, Wait, here's three things to talk about with the Purdue basketball program. One, Zach Eady is just amazing. Like his poise, like he's just, just he's, he's just unflappable. Tall. And now, Oh, and now he's a defensive stopper. I know that there are people out there that say he's just tall and not skilled, but they also said that about Shaq. And they were morons then, and they're morons now. Oh, Shaq oh, is just the big. first comparison to Shaq has been made. You, you fool. That tells me you never watched Shaq. Are you kidding me? That man was just big? You know how many Wait, big guys there have been there? Is one of your three things going to be Caleb first as the elf? No, go ahead. It's no, really well, you well, because someone just in the comments just said, Coach Banner, I know him, I know him. Yes, that's tremendous. The, so good. far, they've released two, which is exciting. Um, there might be, I, I would think there might be one more in the can. Um, and Caleb then they've versus, got the posters. Oh, it's really good. And you're giving out elf Purdue elf hats. Oh, it's real good. It's well done by good. Purdue's creative group. Tremendous. It's uh. You know they're 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 coming. They're letting the fun stuff out, and that's what's really fun. When you have a creative team that is fun and clever, and then you've got bosses who say, "Yeah, okay, do that silly thing. Approach the team and see if they're willing to do it." And of course, yeah, because because Painter is like, like, "Yes, that sounds great. Of course, I will do that." Painter, what does Painter care? <laughs> well, I'm Caleb first, and he's he's good. He's, good. he's a sport. He's a real sport about it. Uh, Braden Smith is incredible. Um, you know, he's fearless, and he's. Um, the kind of guy that we are going to want in the tournament, right? And the kind of guy that you're going to want in the tournament that isn't um, immediately going to leave. So like Jaden was that guy, but th there was no way that he was staying after he became that right. guy. These guys, for Braden, know they're leaving. <laughs> for Braden, he's probably going to be a three-year player at least, right? Really? Like he's, and we're he's probably looking player. that, and that brings me so again we talked about like instant impact point guards we put him in you know the combo guards like chris kramer is the obvious comparison but uh, for some reason um uh you know but to me um you know we talked about lujek you know as well like massive athlete to me like in terms of the role he fills it's like pj thompson which is that team that pj walked into pj was a late commit kind of like braden mm -hmm. an overlooked commit he walked into 
a team without a starting point guard and just brought instant stability to that position. And everybody around him was great, but he just brought instant stability to that. Now, Brain is bringing more than PJ did, um, but it's just like, it's so great. And it was so good to see that off season, like a, a lot of the off season hype that was built up over Braden, like he, you're seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. Um, my biggest surprise so far, it's not even close. I was expecting Fletcher lawyer to be like in the Ryan Smith or the um, Ryan Klein mold again, for some reason. You know who he is? You know whose closest comparison is? And you know more than anybody. I don't make this comparison lightly. His closest comparison is Etwan Moore. <laughs> like, how did... What? I know that he was a top 100 recruit, but like, Fletcher Lawyer is putting up Etwan Moore freshman year numbers. He looks and so again, smooth. He looks so smooth. That's it. It's smooth it's off the dribble. He's unflappable. Yeah. Braden isn't the guy that breaks traps. Braden, like... Fletcher lawyer makes himself available and Braden and, and Fletcher uh, breaks the trap, like the mm-hmm. full court trap. It's like the, you know, it's not just pump faking, taking one drill in and shooting a, you know, 18 foot jumper. It's getting all the way to the hoop and reverse layup. Like a freshman shouldn't be able to do this. Like, what do we, a freshman that looks like him shouldn't be able to do this. What are we doing here? How is he all of a sudden needs one more? That's so, it's, it's incredible. So those are my three thoughts about Purdue basketball. That's it. All you got is three right now. Boiler Down asks us, um, will paint walk through the door that the media is holding open for him? I assume you're talking about the media love that he's getting. I think he... He's I think he there. plays the media great. I think his interviews are always he, always a thoughtful comment when he's interviewed at halftime or post game. Um, he, he's we've talked about this before. I, we're very lucky. These guys represent Purdue so well, um, and and Painter likes what he's doing. He's so comfortable and not a comfortable in the bad way, right? Not comfortable in the like, well, I'm no mm-hmm. get rid of me. Like I look at Huggins and I'm Kirk like, Ferentz. guy's pretty comfortable. Ferentz, pretty comfortable. Not not bad, but they're still winning. But like, but I think Painter, he's comfortable in his own skin, right? I think he he went to that period we all talked about where he's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to make some concessions here and bring in some guys that I might not have ordinarily brought in. And then he was like, well, that didn't work at all. I'm never doing that again. Like, and 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 look, look what's happened here. Look what kind of a sage, graying, portly coach he's become. Um, and and I think I think the media loves him. I think they're going to continue to love him. I think, man, they would love nothing more than to see him go to the I'll final make, four. The last oh, couple of years has shown because you still have people like Andy Katz said the other day they should have been in the final four last year. You don't usually hear media people saying that because most of the time it's like, well, they didn't get there; they lost. So, and you usually see that about programs like Duke, about programs like Kentucky, Kansas, if they don't make it, like if they right. fall short, right? You don't hear that about um, programs like Purdue. Um, you know, you don't hear that. Like, but this is the Gonzaga and Villanova and that kind of like new blue blood kind of tier. And all you're waiting for, like, all the media was doing was waiting for, um, uh, you know, uh, Jay Wright to win a title, right? Yes. To make a final four and win Jay a Wright's title. a great comp. And you've made it before that it took Jay Wright a long time to break through, right? Like, um, yeah, I, I think that's a great comp. And, and I would love it if he followed that path. <laughs> a couple oh, national yeah. titles and then out the door and, and, you know, have someone else on this, you know, there's, yeah, 
Panthers, what, 52, I think? Something like I mean, that, yeah. He's got, what, at least five years of high energy left? Maybe 10? I mean, yeah, you look at some like, of these guys are coaching their 70s. I don't think Matt Panthers is going to be here until he's 75. Like, he's too smart for that. He's too <laughs> smart and stu- too emotionally balanced for that. Like, you, the people that hold on like that are like, they've got they've got a hole you in imagine them. Matt Painter doing analysis? Painter just has a stomach that can't be filled. It's fine. But like, Can you imagine Matt Painter doing basketball awesome analysis, TV, though? Dude. He'd like be awesome like Bruce Weber is right now? Two or oh three national God. titles under his belt, and all of a sudden he's the sage, you know, wise Matt Painter. Oh. He's Jay Wright. He's Jay Wright. It took him to two title games, one, one, and spectacular fat. One, uh, or took him to three, one, two, you know, one of them in buzzer beating historical fashion. Yeah, sure, I'll take that. I told you, if Purdue basketball wins a title, just shut the athletic program down. This is what I'm here for. You don't That's have it. to worry about that because the campus will be burned down. <laughs> I, I, we've talked about this. I was on campus when the women won the national title, and people tried to burn the campus down. That was for the women winning it. Uh, so, can I tell you something? I was flipping yes. channels, and Notre Dame, the Notre Dame women were playing uh, UConn. This is a great matchup, you know, top 10 matchup or whatever. Oh, it just feels so dirty to root unabashedly for Notre Dame because and just, just because hate the other coach. Oh, because of Neil and because it's Gino on the other side. And it's well, just, about Nye oh, and I and I have made no secret of the fact that Neil Ivy is is it's uh, a disaster, awesome and beautiful and younger than us, which is also wonderful for your yeah, soul. She is. To yeah, she is. She's younger than us, and her son is in the NBA. <laughs> Um, who, by the way, wore a Michigan jersey so, so, into uh, the game today because he clearly lost a bet. He lost. He lost a bet for the Big Ten title. Yeah. Motor City Boiler. No, I was not at Hillenbrand. I lived uh, south of campus, and I could hear the din from my apartment on Sheets Street. Look up Sheets. It's south of Stewart Center by a couple blocks. I could hear the commotion in front of Kerry. I'm not exaggerating. I could hear it, and I went out to say, "I was like, what is that noise? I'm going to go find out." And then. Man, that was that was something. The pile of stuff being burned in the middle of the road. Yeah, um, it's just yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's it's a a oh the chat settle down, settle yeah, down. Everybody chat. just we're talking oh, about the out. Settle down. Take a breath. Sports after dark. Uh, one other comment on women's sports. Um, did you see the Purdue women? bailed out of that bullshit Las Vegas tournament. Oh my gosh. I loved Greg McManus tweeted out a thing that was like, if you, it, the way to change a thing is just to opt out of it until you force them to change until you realize that you are the desired quantity, but not you many, don't have to not bend many to programs them. do that, man, to be but, able to say they and A&M obviously got on the phone yeah. and said, you know what? No, screw this. this. Let's play at playing. college station. They were playing in ballrooms. They were playing in humid ballrooms that but were not in a good like, ballroom. There was no oh. seating. There was where people were sitting on like dining room chairs. It was that was like and if the, you don't want to host it, don't host it. That's the, fine. The back wall was like right behind. It was like it was like a bad church basketball hoop. You know what I mean? Where like the back right. wall is like right there, and you're gonna die if you take a fast right. break. You're gonna die. That's it. Right. <laughs> It's like those fast those football uh, bowl games in the ba- baseball stadiums where it's like, well, we can't run through the end zone at this end. So, so speaking of Scott Satterfield, um, they're playing at Fenway. They're playing Cincy. Louisville and Cincy are playing at Fenway, and they have to share a sideline. They yes, they did that. So at, he had, um, he doesn't even have to switch sidelines. He can just he, can just, he just walks right up between and them. In exactly. that little coach is there. Well, somebody put a great trade up. They said the Fenway Bowl. 
was started in 2020 and canceled because of COVID. In 2021, it was canceled because of COVID. 2022, the coach is going Just from bounced. one team to the other. So it's been not exactly the, the best uh, bowl game uh, setup. Uh, but yeah, Satterfield has to be there and get interviewed. I, mem- I remember Hazel, Hazel was interviewed during Purdue getting shellacked by Oklahoma State. Remember the the Heart of Dallas Bowl? Yeah, Hazel was interviewed there and was probably in that booth. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this right up. <laughs> Wait till I get my system in here. These guys won't be getting their ass kicked by Oklahoma State anymore. They'll be getting their ass kicked by Miami of Ohio or whoever the hell else. Yeah, that's do. right. Yeah, Oof. that's right. Oh, uh, but it's time, so man. it's so Bad good. Time. This is how you change a thing. And you know, we, again, you 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 talk about being proud of you know athletics programs making you proud and like representing you well. That also it like part of that is also like standing up and doing the right thing and being empowered to do so by an athletic department and yeah. trusting the athletic department is fighting yeah. the fights that. That's you know, another great you, point. You can't do that without through. the AD saying, yeah, do that. Yeah, go ahead. Or without even knowing, like, you can do that without a conversation with Pavinsky if you know that he's going to have your back, back, back no matter what. Absolutely. Right? But I'm not and everybody, not every school has that. Nope, not every, nope. uh, so Purdue Athletics in a really good place. Um, and At yeah, least for another day. If, if Brom goes, <laughs> we will pull out the list and it does exist. Anish has it. Um, you can sort it by many different ways. Of course. Um. It's been an hour and 24 minutes. I think that's that's long enough. Uh, we had enough yeah. things to talk about, I think, yes. Yeah, it turned out we had enough. That's good. Yeah, Thanks ideas. again to our sponsors, uh, Martin Vintage and AJ's. And uh, we'll be back with another handsome hour or basketball beat. You never know. Michael may make a guest appearance one of these times. Um, maybe the Bra- – yeah, maybe Brom will just stay and it'll make it irrelevant. We'll just move on to basketball season. We won't Absolutely. even address the we end of football season because we already addressed it here. Going to the Citrus Bowl. Uh, Purdue's going to beat LSU. We're not sure who the coach or the players are going to be, and Brian nothing Kelly. bad as ever. <laughs> well, oh, you mean yeah. of Purdue? Yes, yeah, of Purdue. Yes, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's totally fine. We'll see you all in Orlando, right? <laughs> this is going to be the last thing we talk about uh, until until then. It's fine. That's it for football. Enjoy yourself. That's it for football. I love you guys. Good night. <laughs>